Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Today is Lamentations 3.22. And before we get into this scripture, uh, I want to pray. Because anytime we open God's word, I know we've been worshiping and we've been praying. But you know what? I'm the person that, like, I'm driving in the car. And all of a sudden, I just start praying. And my kids are like, what, Mom? And I'm like, I'm just talking to God. You know, my husband, what was that? I'm, I'm just talking to God. It's fine. <laughs> I just needed to get a little quick word in. Um, you know, so let's pray. Well, God, we love you. We thank you for your presence here with us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit um, that you have given us to be our helper, that promises to lead and guide us into all truth. So, Lord, as we open up your word today, your word that we declare and confess is truth, that is breathed from you and of you. God, we um, just thank you that it will speak to us. It'll speak to our hearts. It'll speak to our minds. It'll speak to our situations. These aren't words that just I, as Jenny, am sharing tonight, but Lord, I believe and we believe in this room, God, that you have a word for each individual in this place. You have a specific word for them tonight, and I pray that there would be ears to hear and eyes to see what you have for us as individuals and as a corporate body. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, Lamentations 3.22 says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. And the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. And so it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. One more scripture. And it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. So y'all were loving it until I got to that word discipline. I know it. I see you. No. I want to highlight a couple of things in these scriptures for you. Uh, we're going to back up and go back to verses 22 through 24. So, again, as believers, when we start a new year, in fact, every time we start a new day, we can walk in a daily hopeful expectation that his mercies are new. So what I want you to catch from this scripture in the very beginning, it's, it's actually verse 23. It says, great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I want to remind you. And listen, y'all, I'm not even to the message yet. This is just the intro, okay? So I hope you're encouraged right now. But every morning, so you don't got to wait for a new year. So, like, maybe you've already started a new year, and this, you're like, this new year sucks. These first few days have been awful. Maybe it's been the best few days of your life. I have no idea where you're at, but you know where you're at. God knows where you're at. And I want to remind you today that he promises his mercies are new each day. So if you walked into the new year with a hopeful expectation, just make sure you're finding that hope in Christ, in Jesus, and not in yourself, in, your, in whatever it is that you're hoping to do. Um, not in the New Year's resolutions that you've set, but specifically on him. And then as we go on in verses 25 through 27, let's keep reading. So um, it says, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly. Some of you have heard us talk about the secret place. We're going to kind of be talking about that this month. We're talking about it on Sunday mornings um, in the sanctuary. But the secret place is kind of going to be something I want you to tuck away. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. 
Now, Lamentations, Old Testament or New Testament? Jesse, there you go. I've got some Bible scholars in the house. Um, so when it talks about waiting for the salvation of the Lord, so it's good to wait, wait quietly for salvation. Well, we know in the New Testament, Jesus has come. Salvation is found in Christ. So I don't want you to confuse spending daily time or being in the quiet place as salvation. Salvation comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God and those who confess Jesus as Savior. Anybody? Anybody? Mary Carolyn's like, please don't call on me. <laughs> but yes, we'll be saved. There you go. So to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. So that is our salvation. But we are going to come back to the quiet place. Um, and then in Philippians, you're not going to have the scripture, but if you want to write it down, Philippians 2, 12 through 13, for those of you who have been with us on Sunday mornings, um, this scripture, it talks about working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. God has given us, there is an instruction for us to do this on an individual level, okay? So coming, you know, to church, whether it's Wednesdays, Sundays, being in a small group, going to a school club, whatever it is, God has assigned you as an individual to do some work. He's expecting you to do something. So the question is, what does working out our own salvation look like? What does waiting quietly for salvation look like? So our main text today that we're, we're about to really start the message is Proverbs 23, 23. It says this, buy truth and do not sell it by wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Okay? So buy truth. Do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Does anybody have any questions so far? You're all like, why are y'all asking me that? No, no, listen. When I read this scripture, that says buy. Buy. What do you think when you hear the word buy? Money. Cost. Like, that's my first. Listen, my kids. Okay, so in case you don't know, I got four kids. Eight, seven, or eight, six. Once she's about to turn eight. Eight, six, four, and one. They're starting to learn this principle of, like, money and cost, kind of. So uh, we try to give them different chores and things around the house. One day, Brennan said, all right, girls, if you'll pick up all the pine cones in the backyard, we must have, like, 200 back there. I think he said, I don't remember if he started with a quarter. I don't know. He's about to go broke if he did a quarter. But he might have doled it down to a penny. But, like, Evelyn, she's our firstborn, right? Have you seen these reels of, like, the firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn? Listen, can you relate? They are so true, let me tell you. In one example right now, Evelyn, our firstborn, if there were 200 pine cones in the backyard, she probably picked up 175. She's like, yeah, Dad, I got it. I'm going to do it. She picked it all up. Brooklyn picked up a few, and then she was like, can you just give me the money? That would be easier. And then Graham was nowhere to be found, okay? He's just like, I'm going to get whatever. So we also have a golden doodle that likes to eat everything. And when the kids either A, get tired of their toys, or B, are lazy and don't pick up their toys, he eats their toys. And so for a while, we had to work against the stigma of them going, it's fine, Mom, I, I didn't want that anyway. Or my most favorite, a.k.a. my least favorite, was, oh, you can just buy us another one. I was like, excuse me? I didn't want to buy this dog. Um, and, like, every day they know I'm, like, threatening to take him. Matt Tillery wants him. Matt might be adopting him at some point. I think he's probably speaking it and claiming it. Look, he's changing his mind now. Um, but, Yeah. Like, this dog drives me nuts. Like, we did not count the cost of buying this dog. Like, I knew what it was going to cost to buy him, but I did not understand the investment that was really coming with this dog. 
But anyway, my kids, they've got their chore charts. And so Evelyn's been doing hers. And so she's, again, man, like, Brandon and I, we got to think this through when we start putting, like, attaching money to things. But, you know, you read the parenting books, and they're like, hey, you want to do a, like, label a cost, like, per item? Gives them incentive to do it. I'm like, okay, I'm tracking. Now, Dr. Dobson, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's real old school. He's like, you give them a penny for everything. I'm like, a penny? After a week, they have, like, they have 50 tasks, which is a lot of tasks for, like, an 8-year-old. I'm like, that's like 50 cents. I'm like, that don't seem not in this inflation day and age. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to do a quarter, right? Like, hey, that's a real big increase right there. Well, I put this chore chart together, and I think they're never going to, like, complete this all the way, right? Okay. But what do you think happens? My firstborn, Evelyn, did every task faithfully. I'm like, crap. Okay, so now you're going to get, like, 10 bucks. That's like 40 bucks a month. And if all my kids do this, that's 120 bucks a month. We were not budgeting for 120 bucks a month for chores. And I'm like, oh, crap. Well, lo and behold, a few weeks go by. Brooklyn's not even marking off her calendar anymore. Graham's forgotten it even exists. And so I'm like, okay, I can handle 40 bucks a month. Evelyn, she's been pretty diligent. She's kept doing it. But then she, so right before Christmas break, the girls were like, we really want to go to Starbucks. So our agreement was, is my, essentially, we are the bank account. I'm keeping track of their chore chart money in my phone. And Brandon's like, okay, we can go to Starbucks, but you're paying. Like, you're buying your meal. Evelyn's like, oh, that's fine. Okay. So she's a couple weeks into this, and Brandon's like, all right, because she wanted a bacon gouda sandwich and, like, a green tea. So, you know, that's like 10 bucks, literally half of what she had in her account. She's like, oh, it's nothing, Dad. It's not a big deal. Okay, so we take out our 10 bucks, and the other day, Brooklyn's like, I want a feisty pet. Have you guys seen these feisty pets? They are cool. I'll have to bring it if you haven't seen it. Evelyn got one. Brooklyn wants one, and we're like, all right, Brooklyn, we got to use your chore trap money. She looks at us. I'm like, you got eight bucks. You ain't got enough, and she's like, she hadn't asked us again for it, but Evelyn then went on to, what did I, I don't remember what Evelyn wanted, but she wanted something and she's like, she's like, how much money I got? I'm like, you're at 24 bucks right now. <laughs> That's all I got? I'm like, yeah. Remember spending 10 bucks at Starbucks? Didn't think it was a big deal when you spent it, did you? And she's like, I should have more than that. I'm like, you would have more than that if you hadn't spent it. But anyway, I digress. We're talking about cost. When I think of buying something, I want to know how much is it going to cost? That's the title of today's message. How much is it going to cost? If we have to buy truth, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 23, 23, buy truth, don't sell it. By wisdom, instruction, and understanding, what does that look like? So, well, how much does it cost? I want to read two quick scriptures for you. Luke 2.40 and Luke 2.52. Luke 2.40 is referring to Jesus. It says, there the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled. Somebody say filled. Say it real country. Failed. Failed. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. Okay, so this is telling us when Jesus was, as he was growing, he was a young boy, he was filled with wisdom. Okay, now let's go to the next verse, in verse 52. Then it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. So my question is this, if Jesus was already filled with wisdom, why did he have to grow? Okay, I want you to think about that. He was already filled, yet the Bible tells us he grew. Well, I don't have a divine answer for you, but what I can tell you is that the Bible tells us we are to imitate Jesus. And so if Jesus has to grow in wisdom, then I think we need to know that we got to grow in wisdom. And so if we're reading Proverbs and it's telling us that we got to buy it and we want to know what the cost is, 
Truth number one today, what God has for us must be bought. There is a price, there is a cost involved to working out our own salvation. You look at that scripture in particular, A, it says work it out. You got to do the work. So there's a price to be paid for growth in our relationship with God, a price to be paid for becoming all that God has called us to be, and a price to be paid to step into the destiny that God has for us. Matthew 13, tells us the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. And I don't think I gave you this scripture, so. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. But then his, in his joy, he goes and he sold everything he had to buy the field, okay? So our question then is what, what is the price, okay? We can easily identify the price tags of things that we buy and we want. But what is the price of getting truth and wisdom. And then sometimes I think as Christians, we assume wrongly what it means when we say Jesus paid the price. We're like, well, Pastor Jenny, what price, price I gotta pay? Jesus paid it all. Don't we sing a song called that? Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Okay, he did. He paid the price for the destruction that we deserve. Like, listen, y'all, I've been reading through the Old Testament, and it is just, I'm literally like, gosh, because the amount of times the Lord consumed people with fire, swallowed them up in the earth, I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. Why did you guys keep doing that? And then I'm reminded, oh, we mess up all the time. But Jesus paid for our sins, past, present, future, but what Jesus didn't pay for is for the work we got to do. And how do I know this? Because Jesus tells us, I'm going to skip around. Oh, it's here. I did go in order. Luke 9, 23. Jesus tells us this. Let's read what Jesus told his followers. It says, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily. Somebody say Daily. And follow me. We read here, Jesus gives us a very specific instruction. He's giving his followers a very specific instruction. That you got to die to yourself. You got to crucify that flesh on a daily basis. And you got to follow him. You got to pick up that cross. And you got to follow him. So what's the cost? The cost is you got to do work. The cost is time, energy, attention, it's intentional pursuit of God. God can't do that for you, okay? So you're not earning, you're not doing, because again, what are we talking about buying? We're not talking about buying our salvation. Jesus has covered that. He has paid for that. That's what he has paid for. But we're talking about buying truth and buying wisdom, instruction, and understanding, because again, even Jesus himself grew in these things, and he did these things. Galatians 5.24 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Okay? Sometimes we can, I think we can read this scripture and we can think there's a lot of condemnation that comes when we're struggling with something. But again, the Bible tells us he died for our sins, past, present, future. This is not a license for us. Well, I'll just go sin and then I'll just ask Jesus to forgive me. No, that's not what we're talking about. But what we're talking about is that 
And that's why I love this scripture that Jesus reminds us that daily we have to pick up our cross because he knows. He knows we're going to have issues. We're going to have struggles. And so on a daily basis, we're going to have to crucify that flesh. And we're going to have to say, you know what, God, I, I got to push this away. There's another scripture. I don't know if I have it. Yes, we're going to read it towards the end. But uh, Galatians 5.16 says, uh, I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Yeah, let's go ahead and just read it now. Next scripture, 17. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. But make note, these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But, everybody say, but. You know, that's a big but. Okay. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. And then it goes on to a few verses to say all the bad things that we do. I didn't think y'all needed to be reminded of that. Um, after all the bad things, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Some of you probably know the song. I didn't grow up that much in church, so I don't know that song. Gentleness and self-control. There is no, I'm sure I'll learn it when my kids do. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Okay? So that's, so again, we're going to have struggles. We're going to have things we go through. But you guys, you have to know, you have to recognize, just because you're having battles doesn't mean you're not saved doesn't mean that you're not following Jesus. It means you are human and there are battles. Paul talks about this all the time in the New Testament. He's like, I do the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things I want to do and recognizing this battle that's at war within us. But that's when we look to Jesus and we have the hopeful expectation that Jesus has paid the price for those sins and that we do have the ability to in Jesus' name crucify the flesh because we're no longer a slave to that thing that we feel like is controlling us or taking us over. Who we have said is Lord and Savior is Jesus, okay? So, what's the cost? Anybody? You gotta do the work, okay? That's the cost. The cost is work, time, energy, effort. Number two, so the, this uh, Proverbs 23 Point number two, what God has for us can be sold. So it's important to note that while there is time, energy, investment that we spend in buying truth, buying wisdom, gaining understanding, we can also sell it. And what, it, what does selling it look like? Well, selling it could be for all sorts of things. Passing pleasures of this life. It could be sleeping in. It could be scrolling social media, more video games, more hobbies. Maybe it's finding a job, being consumed by our work. It doesn't mean bad things, but there is a way that we sell um, what God has given us because we become so consumed by this world and what it offers. Matthew six nineteen through 20 warns us of this. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now, I'm not telling you guys to never get a job and to tell your parents that Pastor Jenny told me to just, just buy wisdom, mama, and I'm just going to read my Bible. And I'm not going to do anything. 
No, that's, as you buy wisdom and get wisdom, you're going to learn that part of that is working and getting a job and doing things. God will lead and guide you into these things. But you want to make sure that you're not selling what God has told you is truth for what someone else is telling you is truth, especially, especially in the world we live in today. That's everywhere you look, they say, well, if, you, if that's what you believe. I mean, if that's your truth, that's cool. No, there is only one truth. That is our confession as believers. And again, though, but you got to decide that. And if you have questions, I got lots of leaders here that would love to talk to you about it. Join us on Sunday mornings. We're in a series right now talking about literally what do I believe and helping us walk through some of these questions of, is hell real? Do angels and demons, is that a thing? How did God create the earth? And lots of other questions. But you have to work it out. You got to engage it. So be cautious, be careful that you don't sell God's truth. So you got to be really careful because in your search and pursuit for wisdom, there's a lot of philosophies out there. There's a lot of information out there. And you have to really pray and ask the Lord, give me eyes to see. That's why it's important to be in godly community, making sure you're talking and, and being around sound reason. Okay? All right. So going back to Matthew 6, 19 through 20, how do we lay up treasures in heaven? Well, the question is, how did Jesus do it? So again, we look back at that scripture in Luke. It tells us he grew in wisdom. How did Jesus grow in wisdom? Well, if you continue to read through your New Testament, you're going to see that Jesus did only what he heard the Father instruct him to do, and he was led with great understanding. Okay? So, to highlight again, we need wisdom, instruction, understanding. Point number three tonight, as I bring it to a close, I just want to remind you if you haven't figured this out already, the cost is worth the price. Because that's, that's like the big why at the end of the day, right? Like, is this really worth it? Was that Starbucks, Evelyn, really worth your $10 half of the money in your little piggy bank? But the Bible is pretty clear that when we're tempted to trade what God has promised us for the things that are temporary and fleeting, those things are not worth it. That's why Jesus says, store up, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Because what do we gain when we do this? We gain intimacy with God. We gain knowing his heart and his will. We gain growth in our own life. And I also put the results of our peace, life, joy, and fulfillment. When, we've, when we go to God, when we search him, and we look for him, the Bible says he will be found. And we come back to that Galatians 5, 16 through 18, and 22 through 24 that we just read, and it talked about the fruit of the Spirit. What do we gain when we find wisdom? We gain those things. Let's look at that. I'm going I'm to read that whole section again. So kind of close with this, Galatians 5, 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Hold up, wait a second. Did you catch that? The spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what our flesh craves. So when we make the decision to pick up our cross and follow Jesus, when we die to ourselves and our flesh, well, yes, we need to make sure we do that daily because with every new day, while his mercies are new each day, there are new challenges each day, right? And so sometimes we gotta, we're crucifying something we didn't have to crucify yesterday. 
But as we do that, the Bible says that our appetite will change as we begin to follow the Spirit. He'll actually, we will crave and desire to do this thing. So just like a lot of people with New Year's resolutions, they start New Year's, they're like, okay, yesterday I did not want to eat healthy, but today is the day. Now that's like this, you know, surface level just, again, because it's a hopeful expectation and just that it's a new thing. But no, we can hold on to the hope of Jesus and we can know that, yes, there is newness. So as we sang tonight, you know, Lord, take these dry bones, bring breathe life into this, take my brokenness, heal it. God can do and will do all of these things. And so, yeah, while the cost of of buying wisdom is our time, energy, effort, if you haven't gathered already, I've talked a little bit about, mention the quiet place, mention the secret place. One of the greatest ways to grow in wisdom, in knowledge, in understanding, in your relationship with God is through his word. It's through doing daily devotions. Because if we got to crucify that flesh daily, I'm going to need a jolt of the Holy Spirit daily too. And he's, and he's coming all day long. He's not only when you're reading the word, but we have to know who God is. His word helps us to know who he is, what he's instructing us. There's so much value that comes from this word. So spending time with God, reading your Bible, asking him to speak to you, and then writing down what he says. I, I, don't, know how, I don't know how much you guys talk about it because, again, I haven't been here. But I can tell you as a church, if you talk to anyone that's been a part of our church for any length of time, they know the value of this. And everybody's at a different place. You might have some that read through this several times in a year. You might have some that take a couple years to read through the Bible. It's not about the pace or how much you read or how much you know. But again, it's about setting yourself up for success. Because What was that last thing? There were two things that kind of stuck out. Number one, setting unrealistic resolutions was one of the reasons for failing. And number six was unclear, why am I doing this? So I want to encourage you this year. We're starting as a church. We just started on Monday. You can jump in right now. Jump in today, tomorrow. Maybe you've already started with us. But we're doing a 30 for 30 challenge. We're encouraging everyone in our congregation, from our first graders all the way up, spend 30 minutes a day with God for 30 days. And then let us know if you don't notice a difference and what's going on in your life. I'm not saying everything's going to be rosy and perfect, but if anything, I guarantee you, because God's word promises, there will be something going on differently inside of you because that's what God's word promises us. So this whole month, we're going to be talking about next week, we're going to talk, I think next week is a little bit more about specifically like what is, what is spending that daily time? I will grab, or Sebastian, if you could grab some of those 30 for 30 cards, because that shouldn't interrupt them. They're, they should be done upstairs. Um, just to have available, we have some 30 for 30 cards on what, what just a recommended guidance for what the 30 minutes can look like. But again, this is your 30 minutes with God. So it doesn't have to be exactly what's on the card. But I want you to, to encourage you. Some of that time needs to be prayer, and some of that time needs to be getting in the word. And it's so, so valuable to write down, even if it's just an observation. Um, So that's my challenge for you guys this week, is to engage that challenge with us. 30 minutes a day, even if you break it up, I don't care. It don't got to be 30 consecutive minutes. Maybe you do 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, whatever. But time with God is time well invested. It's worth the cost, whether it's getting up early, staying up late, you know, staying off social media for 30 whole minutes or video games, whatever you guys like. I don't know. Some of you guys, 
I feel like social media is a thing, and then some of you, I feel like, I don't care about that. So. Um, but before we leave tonight, I want to pray for you. And I also want to specifically give the opportunity and the invitation because it would be amiss of me to not give the opportunity. Some of you, I, I'm talking about spending time and getting to know someone that some of you may not know at all. So you can't really grow in a relationship with someone you don't know. So if you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Christ, if you've said, I knew Jesus was real, like obviously the history books tell us that. But if you want to confess him as Lord and Savior and you want to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to come over you to do the things that we read about, to crucify that flesh, to help navigate those challenges. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.